0: With Elevate 150 from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you can grow financially stronger, and so can Redeemer Radio. Visit Notre slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.
1: Church Life Today is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and our listeners. When we educate our children, what are we educating them for? In the Catholic tradition, the end of education has always been sanctity, to form truly free, wise, virtuous disciples who love God and their neighbor. This kind of education concerns the cultivation of the whole person, mind and body, heart and imagination, especially in terms of the habits developed the affections nurtured, and the abilities fostered and ultimately perfected. Over the past year on this show, I have spoken with a number of leaders across the country in Catholic education, including some who are reclaiming and reproposing classical liberal arts education as distinctively conducive to the aims of Catholic formation and the holistic education of young people. If you have been listening to our show for a while, you may remember an interview with Elizabeth Sullivan of the Institute for Catholic Liberal Education, as well as a pair of interviews with Thomas Curtin, head of school at Our Lady of the Rosary in Greenville, South Carolina. If you don't remember those, you can find those episodes on our podcast and I recommend them to you. In line with those episodes, today's conversation will also focus on classical liberal arts education in the Catholic tradition, except this time… It is all a bit closer to home, at least closer to my home, in South Bend, Indiana. My guest is Dr. Margaret Bloom Fredoso, head of school and board member of the St. Thomas More Academy in South Bend, which is a private, independent, classical liberal arts school in the Catholic tradition, opening its doors with full enrollment in August 2021. Margaret holds a Ph.D. in theology from the University of Notre Dame as well as a B.A. from Yale University. Along with President of the Board at St. Thomas More Academy, Dr. Kirk Doran, and others, Margaret has been laying the foundation for and is now building this new classical liberal arts school to pursue the ideals of a robust Catholic education with a view to the full dignity and splendor of the human person in Christ. I'm Leonard DiLorenzo. This is Church Life Today, a production of the McGrath Institute for Church Life and the Spoke Street Media Network. I'm glad you're here. Margaret, welcome to the show. Thanks for
0: having me, Lenny. Happy to be here.
1: Margaret, in 1996, your parents founded a Catholic classical school in Pittsburgh called Aquinas Academy. And here you are 25 years later, and you, your husband, a team of others are doing the same thing that your parents did, except you're doing it here in South Bend, Indiana. Come August 2021, St. Thomas More Academy will open as a classical liberal arts school in the Catholic tradition with full enrollment for grades K through five. So Margaret, tell us a little bit about the vision for St. Thomas More Academy and why were you so motivated to found this new school?
0: Yeah, thanks for asking. So yes, my parents founded with some friends Aquinas Academy of Pittsburgh, and I began there in fourth grade, graduated in 12th grade, all of my <sighs> uh, my seven other siblings have all attended there as well. My mom teaches first grade there. My dad's been president of the board from the beginning. And it was just such a beautiful, formative school community. Um, just also being there from the beginning, really developing a sense of ownership in terms of starting this good thing for other people, really trying to, as a, even as a child, like jump in and build something beautiful for the church was really inspiring for all of us. Our teachers were wonderful. The vision for that school, and hopefully it's also the vision for St. Thomas More Academy, is to have a culture of friendship so the teachers really get to know all of the students in our vision for st thomas more academy we have the value habit of attention mm-hmm. which i have read a lot of like simone bay talking about attention and it really resonated with my own schooling um where the teacher can really give this sort of attention to her students or she looks at them as if they are the only thing and there's this relational element in pursuing the truth together and this is how I was educated, and this is what I want my children to have. This is what I try to do as a teacher, to have this attention where you and the student are united as you look at the truth together. And obviously, the teacher has to guide the student, but it's this very relational thing where the teacher can also learn from the student. And yeah, these, these relationships were cultivated at Aquinas, and it was very special because they had a certain vision of who the child is rooted in a Catholic anthropology. And there's an idea of the end of education as sanctity, essentially, right? That we're Mm -hmm. forming children for heaven by helping them also develop their natural abilities. So these teachers who are really, really motivated to help children become the fullest versions of themselves, this is what I experienced at the school in Pittsburgh. And and one thing we're hoping for St. Thomas More Academy, also just a curriculum that is really rooted in the, the, the tradition of the Western canon in particular of the the great works which give us access to truth goodness and beauty and filling your minds with these things from a young age forms your moral imagination helps you understand the reality of the sacraments and yeah just gives you a taste for what is true so I went to Yale University for college and I do think that without this sort of formation, I would probably have lost my faith. Mm. I also was able to really try to find some unity to reality because of my own education at this classical school, just to see how all of the disciplines are interconnected and try to search for some like rule or measure for how what what's the measure of truth, right? What's the measure of reality? How can like science and math and literature, all of these things fit together so that they're talking about the same. Thing in the same picture. And none of my classmates in college, not I, I shouldn't say none, but a lot of them really had trouble <laughs> connecting things. I had some wonderful friends and some wonderful teachers, but the big gap was this sort of unified vision of mm-hmm. reality. And it's so frustrating because you're like, what am I learning? Like, none of it fits together. I'm learning all of these skills and I'm doing these sort of mental gymnastics, but what am I actually seeing? And because I had had this formation up until that point in my K-12 school, I at least had something to turn back to after struggling for a couple of years, getting pretty frustrated and then realizing, oh, like, what's the line from T.S. Eliot? You go back to where you started and recognize it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely what happened to me, like, in college because of this um, formation. So our vision is to have this Curriculum. We're starting with K through five. We may may expand to be K through eight, K through 12. Will, we will see what happens. But we really want students to have this unified vision of reality from a young age. We're structuring our curriculum at St. Thomas More Academy, especially the humanities piece according to Salvation History, which is one of the best ways to kind of give this overarching scheme according to which students can understand various aspects of, Mm -hmm. you know, stories, how they fit in the lives of the saints are, all understood according to this this story, which is really God's story of of salvation history and of providence. And it really gives this picture according to which the minds can latch on and, and place things in an order, yeah. which is really helpful. Latin is going to be important too because knowing some sort of, it really helps with logic in particular. Logic is really important. Again, if you want to be able <laughs> to like bring coherence to a lot yeah. of disparate things. Yeah. And I mean, I can talk more about classical education because that was part of the school that my parents founded the culture of friendships, holy friendships with my peers. I only graduated with 11 students.
1: Oh, wow. Pretty so you knew them, and they knew you. I knew
0: them well, <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of, like, rocky, I mean, somewhat rocky times. It wasn't the most, like, exciting place uh-huh. to be. I really didn't want to go to the school for high school Yeah, because it wasn't the cool school to go to. Yeah, All my friends were leaving from middle school to go to the schools with the big football teams and right. prom. I right. begged my parents to go. But I'm so grateful that they made me stay because I'm still very close to Six of the people like I'm talking from high school. school. I'm talking to one of them tomorrow. She lives in Rome. I mean, we we regularly catch up. I'm Mm. going to visit another this summer. I'm the godmother to her son. It's not like we had the most natural personality affinities, but because we were so formed by this culture in this school, like these friendships and we obviously had many of the same values. They've really they've lasted. Same with my teachers at our wedding; like half of my teachers were involved somehow oh, in planning so cool. various, yeah, yeah, doing the music. So I'm just so grateful for that that community, and that's what we're one thing we're hoping to build at Saint Thomas More Academy: just this community of holy friendships between faculty, staff, parents, students, etc. So,
1: well, let's talk a little bit about this model of education. I've hosted some guests previously, and we've talked about classical liberal arts education, especially in the Catholic tradition, maybe especially for people who aren't familiar with this already. How would you describe or explain what a classical liberal arts education is and how does it fit or how does it grow from the Catholic tradition?
0: Yeah. Thank you, Lenny. Um, So scholars of this will uh, have a lot to say. So my answer (laughs) won't be incredibly nuanced. A a lot of people point out it's really medieval vision we're trying to recapture, which is fair because it's taken up by the church. But anyways, the essence of it that is being reclaimed here is this idea of these seven liberal arts. And it is a tradition of education that began in the ancient world, which is why it's called classical Mm -hmm. originally. And the The education is defined by a certain vision of the human person as someone who has these capacities to be perfected and who wants to be happy, essentially. (laughs) So happiness is the goal and flourishing and freedom and the true sense of self-mastery, freedom from ignorance and vice. So this is the end of this educational model. And there's an understanding of the human person as someone who can be perfected according to these arts. So arts... It's kind of crazy because we usually think science are what makes things, but in the traditional sense, arts, the end of an art is a product mm. and the end of science is just knowledge. Uh, so it kind of flips the right, understanding right, right, that right. we all currently have. But anyway, so arts are for a product, but the liberal arts were a little bit different because their product is just the human the person. Human person. Yeah. yeah. So these arts are for you know the flourishing perfection of a human person. Traditionally, there are seven of them. Three of them are part of the trivium. Four of them are part of the quadrivium. I won't get too into it, but one easy way to understand it is the trivium, we have these language arts of grammar, logic, and rhetoric. One way you could describe it is grammar helps us communicate with one another. Logic helps us talk about reality, things as they are, and rhetoric helps us do this in a winsome way. Mm -hmm. So communicating with one another about reality in in an eloquent, beautiful way, Mm -hmm. these are what The trivium, these liberal arts help us to do. The quadrivium, really simply, they have to do with number and quantity, and they help us listen to what the cosmos has to tell us, what the world has to tell us about the way things are. So ultimately, these liberal arts help us cultivate the the virtues, which are both intellectual and moral, so that we can really see reality clearly and live in conformity with reality. So ordering our affections to the truth that we are able to perceive and our wills. So that's what these liberal arts are supposed to do. And there was a tradition of education from the ancient world that was trying to do this, trying to achieve this vision of human flourishing, human happiness through education. So education was like, it wasn't just, you know, you go to school for a couple of hours each day. It's supposed to be the work of a whole life, right? Because it's about drawing out the the most potential of each person, right? Helping them live according to their fullest potential, fullness of their capacity for being in a very like metaphysical term, <laughs> terminology way.
1: <laughs> Excellent. This is Leonard DiLorenzo. You're listening to Church Life today on Spoke Street Media Network. I'm talking with Dr. Margaret Bloom Ferdoso, head of school at the new St. Thomas More Academy in South Bend, Indiana, a private, independent, classical, liberal arts school in the Catholic tradition, opening with full enrollment for K-5 through in fall. 2021. You've spoken a few times already about basically engagement with reality, right? In both in all of these liberal arts, like that is the thing that we're dealing with in common is what is real, which sounds so obvious, but especially I think if we reflected just for a moment on our modern lives, so much of what we engage with or are given to engage with is not reality, but ideology or opinion or passing fads. How do, how are we forming Good, not just good saints, but also good citizens of our students through this kind of education and teaching them, forming them to develop their capacities to engage with reality as real people?
0: Thank you for that question. Yes. So I think it's really important that students, they're not just being fed things, right? We're trying to cultivate their intellects, their wills, their affections, so that they are then able to be free agents Mm -hmm. and to judge for themselves what is true choose for themselves what is good. So this is really important, right? So it's not just ideology. It's not just, we don't think they're blank slates that we're just pouring information into. We're not just like implementing even a method of education. We're really trying to cultivate freedom in these children. And so their intellects are taught how to think like that's the goal, right? Through this curriculum, through this training so that they can, yeah, they can recognize when something sounds off and Uh push back against it and Uh feel confident in doing that. Trusting their own powers of judgment is really important. So Teaching them to ask good questions, to ask open-ended questions, to wonder in the best of ways where wonder is a source of joy, but to also like have a healthy skepticism sometimes towards what they're told. So they have a measure, right? We want to give them a measure of truth, not in terms of like you need to believe this certain ideology or these facts even as they relate to current events, but you have a, a taste for truth so that you recognize it when you see it and you feel confident in your own powers of judgment to act on that rather than some authority that you're blindly trusting, even Mm -hmm. as obviously there's ways it's good to listen to the right authorities, but we want them to be able to think for themselves in the best of ways.
1: Yeah. When you have been talking to families about St. Thomas More Academy, and you've been pretty successful in this, as I mentioned already, you're at full enrollment for the fall. What are you finding that is attracting families to this opportunity, this type of education, this kind of school culture?
0: A lot of our families have been homeschooling. So that's been one big group of people who have been attracted to this model because I think the curriculum we're using is a lot of of the same curriculum that many homeschool families have been using Mm -hmm. because they have the freedom to kind of think about what curriculum they want to teach their children. It's not just handed down from above, but there's such an attraction to this idea of a community, this school, where it's not just the parents bearing all of the weight of responsibility. We really do believe that parents are the primary educators of their children, right, with in accordance with the teaching of the church. So we want to help parents fulfill their duty to educate their children well. But there's also, it says in, there's an encyclical, Divini Ilias Magistri. It says in this that the family is the first educator of the of the child, but in itself, it doesn't have the resources necessary to form citizens. Right. So exactly what you're talking about. And I think homeschooling is a wonderful option for many people. It's a heroic option for many people, but there is something very good about becoming part of a larger community, showing your children that they are part of this larger community, that You know, other people are practicing their faith, Mm -hmm. not just within the family. Other people are learning about these great people in history, thinking about current events, learning how to see reality together. So I think just just that aspect of things, that it's bigger than just the family, but still this valuing the family as the primary educators and using a curriculum that many Catholic families and schools are currently being drawn to because it is the tradition of of the church. So I think that's one reason we're also really attracting families, whether they homeschool or not. Is that we are trying to reclaim this tradition of education that has been part of the church for centuries and is one of her greatest treasures Mm. in terms of how to form both saints and servants of God and and country.
1: Absolutely. No, I mean, and going back to something that you were talking about right from the beginning about the unity of reality, appealing to your own experience of going into college and being grateful for the kind of education you had to be able to integrate these things and have a perspective on the whole. I mean, I I think we can all recognize the temptations to the opposite of that or to something that frustrates that, which is specialization, the fragmentation of knowledge. Uh, Again, a lot of times it comes in hot takes and ideologies and various either thinly veiled forms of propaganda or not so thinly veiled, right? So to be able to form a young person towards the unity of knowledge actually says something about them. And I think this goes back to your point, like the the product, so to speak, of what these liberal arts leads to is the well-cultivated person who is a whole person. And so, uh, you know, just for me and listening to you talk about the ideals of especially people who might be homeschooling, this seems to relate to that because there's an interest in, well, my whole child, right? And now you're in a, as part of a community that does that. So as they, whether they're coming from homeschool situation or elsewhere, as they bring their kids to St. Thomas More Academy, what would a typical day look like? What's the kind of balance of the school and how it goes about its education?
0: Yeah, thank you for asking. So every day we'll begin with Mass at 8 a.m. Daily Mass was part of my own education Mm -hmm. at Aquinas, And it was incredibly formative. Everybody went to Mass. Once you get to a certain age in middle school, you can choose whether you want to go to study hall or go to Mass. But most people did. So it wasn't like only the really pious kids go to mass every day. It's like the school community goes to mass and this is really the, the center of
1: our education. Makes it easier to choose that, right? Like you don't have to. Makes it
0: easier to choose it. And everybody, like all the faculty, like is pretty much on board that like, this is the climax of what we're doing here. Like if we can participate in this act of worship as like fully free human beings, like this is, this is the goal. And that was just like, so present growing up. So, and having that like, Again, if we're talking about reality, like the mass is one of the most real things there is, right? So just starting the school day with mass, even when it it can be hard for the little kids, obviously, but keeping it short, we have a wonderful lineup of priests for next year, a Jesuit, two Dominicans, a Holy Cross priest, and a priest of Opus Dei. So we've got a great... A great lineup. And then we'll we'll go straight into math. We're going to have 45 minute blocks of learning and -hmm. then punctuated by like 15 minute recesses because education of the whole person, right? And some, especially when they're little, right? We want them to be able to jump up and move around and just get a little bit of a break. So we'll have 45 minutes, 15 minute short recess, 45 minutes. Again, we're going to start with math and language arts because Uh these are, you know, want them to have their best time in the beginning of the day. So our math curriculum it's a sort of a ladder of learning approach we would really want to focus on mastery of basic concepts and move forward and build upon those yes. make sure everyone is moving forward together we're not just like cycling through material just to cycle through material right. thinking we'll get it the next year if we don't get it right now but then you just end up repeating so really having a ladder of learning approach especially to math and the language arts and then We also, so these 45-minute blocks of study, another core piece, it's called Integrated Humanities. Mm -hmm. So this is part of the St. Patrick's curriculum that our own Diana Philpott, I know you've had her husband on the show, Mm -hmm. has developed with one of her good friends, Lisa Kearns, who teaches at a school in Virginia. So they both consulted about a dozen Catholic classical schools at this point and have just designed their own Integrated Humanities curriculum called the St. Patrick's curriculum. This is where Salvation History is the spine. They've kind of found all of these primary sources, basically. So it's not just like a textbook, right? They have all these books and we're going to be reading them. And so they're really helping. They're going to train our teachers this summer. So we will have integrated humanities. We will have gym once a week, art twice a week, music every day, hopefully for 20 minutes, because it's so important for Mm -hmm. forming the affections. Our teachers trying to learn the ward method, which Mm -hmm. is a way for learning. You can ultimately sing chant, but it's a really successful way, CUA, has, um, is the home for it now in terms of teaching this method. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm not a musician, but it just seems like a, a beautiful way to teach children how to read music. And then at least for certain feast days, they'll be able to sing at mass as an all school choir, which is pretty cool. Obviously lunch and recess, but this will be <laughs> time for them to socialize and you know just enjoy each other's company. And the grades will be mixed at those times so that older and younger students yeah. can mingle. Yeah. Like I said, Jim, Jim, once a week too, science is an important part. We're going to have gardens in the back of each classroom. Mm. And um, one of our parents has a background in science and is helping us develop these gardens and helping to train the teachers to teach the students what to look for as they observe nature, just sort of what questions to ask. We really want our science curriculum from the beginning to be grounded in observation and just an experience of the natural world as far as we can. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about all that. Drama will be a piece in the third trimester and then they'll prepare a short play for- the spring. My fourth grade teacher wrote these. It's a rendition of the Chronicles of Narnia for like elementary oh, kids. Right. So I'm going to ask her for those and maybe they can do those this oh, year. But I awesome. loved being in these yeah, things. Yeah, 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 So fun. Yeah. So we're excited for the first year. We're not going to do too many extracurriculars just to keep it simple, right, but right, this right. is the rhythm. It's a traditional school day. It'll be eight to three, but hopefully there will be enough blocks in between of time where they're not just sitting at their desks. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) This is Leonard DiLorenzo. You're listening to Church Life Today on Spoke Street Media Network. My guest is Dr. Margaret Bloom Ferdoso, head of school at the new St. Thomas More Academy in South Bend, Indiana, a private, independent, classical liberal arts school in the Catholic tradition. Margaret, what's the relationship of St. Thomas More to the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend?
0: So hopefully a harmonious and friendly <laughs> relationship. We are so grateful to be in this wonderful diocese. We are want to be completely faithful to the magisterium. So our l- wonderful Bishop Rhodes is the representative of the magisterium. So we are not canonically recognized. But we have informal permission to have daily Mass, and we want to make sure we're in close contact with the bishop, just letting him know about what we're doing at St. Thomas More Academy.
1: Yeah, really good. Really good. So in laying the foundations for this school, are there other schools across the country that you yourself and your team have studied, uh, learned from, benchmarked against. What are Maybe what are some of those schools or what have you learned from some of these schools?
0: So St. Benedict's Classical Academy is one of our models. It's a school in Massachusetts and one of our board members and founding families, um, the, the Canes, Elliot Cain, taught mm-hmm. at this school. So she was the one who first planted the idea of starting a school in South Bend. Actually, and she taught at the school, St. Benedict's. So their founder, Erica, we've been in touch with Mm -hmm. and they've been giving some helpful advice. So they're certainly one of our models. We're imitating a lot of what they're doing in terms of the curriculum, making sure, again, mass is important to the day, making sure that our arts program is central, all these sorts of things. So we've been in touch with them. Aquinas Academy is obviously a model. There's another school in New Hampshire we've been talking to because we have a connection there called Holy Family Academy. So we've been looking at others. Um, there's a school in the in Texas called Providence hmm. Christian Academy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a, a Catholic school, but it, it looks like a beautiful school. A friend of mine taught there, so I've really been looking at their, their mm-hmm. curriculum a lot. They've, uh, they've grown to have many, many other offshoots as well. So there are a lot of models. We've recently become a member school with the Institute for Catholic Liberal Education, so they have a lot of wisdom to offer as well. Right. And many member schools. So we are trying to, yes, obviously this, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, <laughs> this has been done before. We're, we're looking to models for how to go about this.
1: Yeah. And for those of us who have never had the privilege or the opportunity to found our own school, you're finding all of this yourself now after being around your parents doing it, but now you're doing it yourself. What are some of the challenges or difficulties or maybe even some of the joys that those of us who haven't done this don't know about that you now are learning about firsthand
0: slowly learning i also never expected to do this so thanks (laughs) mom and dad but (laughs) but i did grow up like hearing everything i think a lot of it there's just so much work from the beginning to do right to get something like this off the ground and i did see my parents just like keep moving forward even as hard things come and tough decisions have to be made but just always putting the children first and putting the good of the school first so i think that's just an ongoing challenge especially you know we're parents too. So when your mm-hmm. own children are involved, just staying detached enough to really put the good of the school first and just the fortitude to keep going, even when things are hard. Fundraising is obviously always a critical piece. <laughs> um <laughs> so we've started where we, we began because board members donated essentially. So that's how we were able to get off the ground through yep. board donations. Now we're trying to expand that to also have families donate, community members. So our fundraising campaign is beginning, but mm-hmm. we've we've gotten off the ground through board donations. And we're really excited because uh, the new voucher program, we did just submit an application for accreditation. Mm. So if that all comes through, we will be able to offer vouchers in the 2022 to 2023. 23 school year, which Indiana gives us this wonderful opportunity. Financially, this will be will be in a much easier spot than many other schools, including the school in Pittsburgh. My dad's pretty jealous that Indiana <laughs> has this uh, voucher system. Right. Um, yeah, so that's a challenge. It is a challenge just to show that we we want to be completely faithful to the Majesty and we want to have a very harmonious relationship with the diocesan schools, whom we love and who are doing great work. But uh-huh. this is, you know, just, just working yeah. this out, exactly, right. making sure in Pittsburgh it's been a wonderfully fruitful relationship between Aquinas Academy and the Diocesan schools a bit of healthy competition, but also fruitful working together, playing mm-hmm. against each other in sports, etc. So kind of what we're hoping for here.
1: Excellent. So if folks would like to find out more about St. Thomas More Academy, what can they do? Who can they contact? Where can they find more info?
0: Thanks. Yeah, we have a website up now. Um, it's stthomasmoreacademy.org, or you can do stmasb.org.
1: STMASB.
0: STMASB.org. I had a oh, little great. pause there because I was trying to make sure we didn't put South Bend <laughs> in the first. But the yeah. first is just St. Thomas More Academy.org. Uh-huh. You can search St. Thomas More Academy South Bend now and it should come yeah. up or STMASB.org. So our website is probably the best place to go for more information. There's a contact form on there, emails to contact on the website.
1: Excellent. Well, Margaret, thanks so much for this conversation. Let us know about these new and exciting things that are going on with St. Thomas More Academy, and we look forward to hearing more about it in the future.
0: Thank you so much for having me on, Lenny.
1: And thanks to all of you for joining us on Church Life Today. Church Life Today is brought to you in part by Notre Dame FCU and our listeners.